Good morning. Kind of put some things in perspective, doesn't it? See those pictures? How's your week been? My, be- my, my worst week is better than their best week, I bet. And sometimes we're so bothered by things that are so insignificant. So uh, we invite you to please join us. I think it's two weeks, two weeks from today at 5.30 for the Missions Dinner down at the Mount Olive uh, Community Center. It's right down the road here on the right. And uh, it's just $10. It's going, all going toward missions because all the teams are providing the food. And $10 going toward missions. And then a jar of peanut butter. Now, if you're a family, bring $20, okay, for the whole family. That, and uh, a jar of peanut butter. And that's because uh, it's hard to get peanut butter in Romania in our orphanage that we support over there. They've, been, they've had a peanut butter drive going on. So we're going to use this as a, as a way to get them some peanut butter. And, uh, you know, that, that's one of those... I mean, you, may, you may think it's crazy and silly, but that's one of the things that I hear so often from missionaries and people that, that uh, grew up here and they get into foreign countries. They say one of the biggest things they miss is peanut butter, uh, just getting that. And so, and so for, for kids, uh, that's why we're doing that. So we invite you to come and join us and find out uh, all the, and, and actually hear from uh, some of the people, the leaders of uh, the missions that we support. We invite you to do that. And next Sunday, I need to take just a little time here to tell you about something extremely exciting that uh, we're doing next Sunday. It's our water baptism service, and we do it out in the parking lot. And one of the reasons we uh, started doing it out there is because, you know, it's supposed to be a public testimony. We've done, done it in here. We've uh, uh, actually gone to somebody's backyard in their pool, you know, inside the fence, you know, and that's not really public, is it? I mean, you know, it's just a few people. So we do them out in the parking lot. Uh, this will be the third time we've done this, and that way everybody driving up and down the street, they can see uh, somebody being baptized and hopefully be a testimony to them. And listen, if you've never been baptized in water, but you are a child of God, you need to do this. It's a, it's a matter of obedience. Jesus commanded us to do this. And you need to do this as an example. And there's a couple of, a couple of big things real easy for you to catch. One of them is it's a, it's a symbolism of, of the washing of the blood of Jesus, how it's washed away all of your sins, you know, you being washed in the water. And then it's also a symbol of, of the, the old man dying. You're being buried in the water as the old person that you used to be is now dead, and now you're raised back to life again in Jesus Christ. So you need to make that testimony. And I've had some people ask me, well, I, I was baptized years ago when I was a kid or a teenager, and, but I've lived a, a pretty bad life away from God, so do I need to be baptized again? I don't know that Scripture says you need to be or have to be or you have to do this in, in obedience, but if that's your case, then we encourage you, invite you to be baptized again. If you've, uh, if you've walked in sin out there and all these people have seen all that sin you've been walking in and now you're walking in a new life with Christ all over again, then yeah, you probably need to do that and invite every one of those people you can to come. So if you feel like you need to do that, please, we'll dunk you as many times as you want to get dunked, okay? We will invite you, whatever, whatever it takes, because this is the big thing. It, it, on your part, it's obedience. On their part, it's a testimony. And they need to know that something different is going on in your life. I mean, it'll help you also in that way because if you've been walking with some people that you need to distance yourself from some of the stuff y'all been doing, they need to see this. It'd be a great testimony to them, so please. And a couple of ways uh, you can let us know uh, is uh, go on the website. There on the homepage, there's, a, uh, there's a, a button to push, and it'll take you to a place where you can just type in your name and email address and tell us you plan to be baptized next week. Uh, or uh, ushers after service, they'll have a form. If, uh, if you don't do internet, uh, you can see, see the ushers, and they've got a form for you, and, uh, and we want to be prepared for it. It'll be one service next week, okay? One service, uh, is it 11 o'clock? One service at 11 o'clock. So uh, 
you've landed that, and uh, if you're an early riser and you just got to be at church early, come on, we got plenty for you to do to help set up, all right? Because all the chairs have to go out there, and in here, also need to mention, in here we'll have dinner afterwards. So bring your family, and uh, that way, just think about this. If you've if you got teenagers in your family that, that don't go to church, invite them to come see you baptize next week, and then to hang around for after church, to, after the baptism service, to come in and have some, have some lunch, and to meet John in April, you know, or if you've got kids in your family that have never been to, you know, never been to a, a church, you know, then they come in and meet Kristen and some of the kids' workers, those things. So that's why we do this is so uh, your family members can hang around and get to know staff and, and other leaders of the church and just see people in the church, okay? So uh, also, I, I failed to mention this early service. We did want you to know that uh, Britain, Britain's been sick a lot this week, and so that's why he's not here. So pray for him. Also, their, their, uh, their son, Justice, he's been sick some earlier this week. I think he's better now, but remember them in prayer. That's why they're not here with us, okay? So, and the baptism thing's going to come up in a few minutes again as well, because today we're talking about obedience, obedience. And, and I know... Some of you, you know, you know how it is when the pastor says, we're going to talk about obedience today. A lot of people are ready. Oh, okay, this has been a good day to skip, not be. We don't like obedience, right? We don't like be, being told what, how many of you like being told what to do? Anybody? Because oh, if you do, I know some people that really like telling people what to do. So, I, you know, I can hook you up. If you, we don't like to be told what to do. So when we hear about the obedience part, it's like we, we don't really, you know, we, we don't really want to hear that. Please, stay with me for just a few minutes, okay? If you will, because... You're missing something if you're not being obedient to God. You're missing something. You're missing some things. And I'm going to say too much here and give away too many things right here. But just hang with me for just a few minutes, if you will, okay? And, uh, and let's have a word of prayer and get in this message. Father, I love you. I thank you, God, for, for all the blessings, God, the, the awesome things, the testimonies that I'm hearing, God, of what you're doing for, for your people, God. Lives being changed again, God, just over and over and over. Things that we're forgetting to... God, just so many good things that you're doing, we're, we're even forgetting to uh, th- thank you for them. God, and I thank you for that, Lord, and, and just pray, God, that you would please be with us to- today, God, through this message, and, and God, somebody, Lord, who's falling a little short, they-, they-, they haven't fully decided to be obedient, God, help them. God, somebody who, a Christian, God, who is walking with you in so many ways, but there's just that one little place in their life, they're failing to be obedient, God, please Stir in them, God, a desire today to be fully obedient and see everything that you have for them. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that's excited about obedience said, amen. okay, good. That was better than the first service because I didn't set it up that way, so they didn't say amen as loud. All right, so just before we get to, to our scripture, we're going to go to the book of Luke in just a few moments. Just before I get there, uh, I want to remind you what this by the sea thing is, and it's really a euphemism for your everyday life, your everyday places that you go. You know, if Jesus was looking for obedience at the temple, he'd have stayed at the temple. If he was looking for Sabbath obedience, he'd have stayed at the temple or at the synagogue. He would have stayed there. But he's looking for everyday obedience. And that's why he hung out by the seashore so much. I mean, he hung out by the sea because he, he wanted to see people have faith last week and obedience, as we're talking about today. He wanted to see them have faith in their everyday life do things in their everyday life to, to, to show that faith. Because it's easy to have faith, uh, and it's easy to be obedient right now. I mean, there's probably not a lot of sinning going on right here right now, right? You know, here in church, you know, probably not, I hope not any, but, you know, I, you know it's, it's kind of easy to live for God and do all the right things right here. But he wants to see faith by the sea in your everyday place. So Luke chapter 5, take it to a story here. Uh, and this one is 
like so many, if you hadn't realized, so many in the Scripture of where Jesus is by the sea. One day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the Word of God. So he's, he's standing by the sea, and, and crowds just become gathering, and, and they, get, they get closer and closer, and there's more, and there's more. And, and so now Jesus is trying to yell so the ones in the back can hear him. And then he noticed two empty boats at the water's edge. Okay, this is, y'all are in the water today, okay? I'm, I'm on the, by the sea. You know, and, and a couple of fishermen, you know, or some fishermen, they left their boats here and they were washing their nets over there. And, and so Jesus stepping into one of the boats. I, I like this. Notice this. I want to point something out there. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked, Simon, its owner. And this is Simon that will later be known as Simon Peter. Jesus changed his name later. Uh, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. Because it was a lot easier if he got out there in the water, he could speak. And the water helped carry his voice. And more people could hear. It's a little bit of an amphitheater made by the water. And, and, but I, I like this how here. You know, it says that Jesus, stepping into the boat, said, Simon, would you push your boat out? He, he didn't say, uh, Simon, could I use your boat? He just starts stepping into it. He starts stepping into it as if he is assuming Simon is going to be obedient. He, he's stepping into it. You know, Simon's over here washing his nets. The crowds are here, and he's stepping into the boat. He says, Simon, would you push the boat out? But what's, what's, what's really amazing to me is that, is that immediately Simon does it. I mean, there's no break right here whatsoever. There's no break where Simon's like, I don't know about that. I mean, he says, Simon, would you push your boat out? He steps and sits down, and Simon pushes out, and start, Jesus starts speaking there. Just an immediate obedience. You know, why should we be obedient like this? And I know what some of you are already thinking. You're already thinking, well, uh, it's because God said so, and God's the sovereign of the universe, so if he said so, we got to do it. Or, or, or it's the right thing to do. I need to be obedient because it's the right thing to do. Those are givens, right? I mean, we all know that. We all know we're supposed to be for those reasons. That's not what I want to deal with today. I want to deal with why you really ought to be obedient because I want you to understand there's a whole lot more there than just doing what God said to do just because it's the right thing or because he's in charge. There are reasons to be obedient. There are amazing reasons to be obedient. And Simon Peter, I mean, just all of a sudden, I mean, he's boom, boom, God asks, and, and Jesus steps into the boat, and he asks, and, and they're pushing out. Why is it? How is it that Simon Peter could do this? Now, now, think about it. Here it is. Jesus is speaking, and all these people are gathered around him. He's got all these people here, and he's speaking, and he's yelling so that everybody in the back can hear. And Simon is over there watching his nets, but he's close enough to hear Jesus because when he steps into the boat and Jesus speaks to him, he hears him. So Simon is hearing all this that Jesus is saying, the wonderful words of life, as scriptures call it. And this this is going in Simon's ear, but it's also getting in his heart. Perhaps it's because something is is churning inside of Simon's heart, and he's hearing something that says, man, this is amazing. I've never heard anybody talk like this. And something was growing inside of him. And so when Jesus said, hey, Simon, I need some help here, Simon immediately jumps and says, I want to belong to that. You see, we all have a need. As human beings, we have a need to belong. We have a desire to belong, to connect. You know, and and sometimes, you know, uh, single adults, you know, you guys, you get a bad rap because, you know, you're still single and you just don't like commitment and all that. But look at them. Look at what they do. They're they're, they're always wanting to find a place to connect. You know, they go to college, what do they do? They join clubs, you know. What do they do all weekend? I mean, they're looking for somebody to hang out with. I mean, most singles aren't just sitting at home watching TV all by themselves. Most of that is you guys who have a bunch of kids and grandkids, and when they're all out of the house, you just say, man, I'm going to have some me time for a little while, you know? That's not single. Singles are always wanting to connect. You know why? Because that's how we're wired. We want some time with people. And teens are the same way. 
Think about it. You, your days are not going well when you have no friends. I mean, that's one of the biggest things in a teenager's life. And you have, this, you have this desire to belong, to connect that God gave you. And so it makes you want to, it makes you want to connect. And we all want to connect with the champion, right? We want to connect with something good. Uh, I mean, you know, there's a whole lot of fair-weathered college football friend, uh, fans out there, you know. And, you know, and, you know, right now, you know, the tide's kind of rising high and, you know, the Tigers are struggling a little bit. But you Tiders, you remember just a few years ago, and listen, if you're, uh, if you're an Auburn fan, I'm sorry. My dad raised me wrong in your eyes, okay? I, I'm an Alabama fan, so I can say this to you Alabama fans. I should be able to without you getting mad, but you just remember back a few years ago, Alabama fans, you remember how it was, and, you know, we didn't, we didn't talk it as much as we're talking it right now. We all like to be a part of a champion team. We all want to belong to the champion. We all want to, we all want to be a part and connected to something that is working, something that is right, something that is awesome. And I believe that's what was happening in Simon Peter, in Simon's heart and life. And that's why Jesus knew that, man, this is happening. And so Jesus just stepped in the boat. He knew it was already happening in Simon. And he's just stepping in the boat and said, come on, Simon. I know this is happening in you. Understand this. That when God begins talking to you and asking you to do something, he knows there's something already happening in you, and that's why he's asking. If he's not asking you to do anything, then maybe he knows it's because there ain't nothing happening in you already yet. But he asks Simon Peter, and he begins stepping into the boat, and he begins stepping out. And here's something you need to see this as. You need to understand. Maybe a better question than why did Simon Peter immediately say yes, why did Jesus ask in the first place? Now, Jesus is God, right? He's God. And, and he can have as loud a voice as he wants to have. Or, or I know they didn't have sound systems back then, but he could have snapped his finger, boom, and the sound system was right there in front of him, and he could have preached to thousands if they wanted to gather by the sea. But he said, Simon, come push out your boat. You know what you need? You need to see obedience as opportunity. Because that's what Jesus was looking for, obedience by the sea. He wanted, there was a miracle that was going to happen. We're going to see a miracle here in the next few verses. A miracle is about to happen. God wants to do a miracle. And so what does he do? He gives Simon the opportunity to be obedient so he can get the miracle. That's what he does. And you need to stop seeing obedience as, oh, man. No, you need to start seeing, I get the opportunity to do something and put myself in a place where God can bring a miracle into my life. That's what obedience is. It is your opportunity to get closer to the miracle than you've ever been before. And Simon answered. And Simon stepped into the boat. And Simon said, okay. And then, let's see what happened. Next few verses. Uh, says, when he had finished, when Jesus finished speaking, he said to Simon, now, go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Wait, 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 wait. Stop right here just a minute. You know, wait a minute. Jesus is God. He didn't have to tell Simon to do anything else. He is God. He could, he could call every fish in the whole Sea of Galilee up into the shallow water to jump into Simon's boat, right? He's God. He could have done that. You know, that's, that's the way a lot of us are, aren't we? We're like, hey, we've gathered here, you know, like all those people that gathered around the shore. Nobody was obedient. They hadn't done anything. And like we've come together in church, and now we're here, God. I bring all my miracles and just pile them in my lap, you know, just dump them right here in the boat with me. I, is that not the way we are a lot of times? Is God just, just, just dump them in my boat? You know, because, hey, and he could do that, but he didn't do that, did he? He didn't do that. You know what he did? He told Simon Peter. He said, Simon, there's a miracle out there for you. But if you want it, and listen, this is a paraphrase. He says, if you want it, 
you're going to have to go deeper. Ooh, that's good, isn't it? Somebody will write that down. If you want it, you're going to have to go deeper than you've been with me. Are you listening? Some of you, you've made a couple of steps with God and you've been obedient in a couple of places in your life and you're saying, but I don't understand why the miracles aren't happening. I don't understand why this thing that we need so desperately, for, and God knows we need this and there's nowhere around it. We've got to have this. And why it isn't happening? Because if you want the miracle, you've got to go deeper. And so he says, go deeper and, and let your nets down to catch some fish. And Simon replies, Master, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. Yesterday we had our, our annual bass tournament to raise funds for missions, and we raised, we raised $1,200 for disaster relief of uh, Cliff Bishop's mission. Would you say praise God for that? That's all. And so, so here in the middle of my sermon, just let me say a big thank you to everybody that worked really hard with that, you know, yesterday and doing that. But you know what? Yesterday was not a great fishing day. We had, we had guys show up, didn't even have a fish. We had one boat showed up. They said, we caught 12 or 14, but none of them were big enough to weigh. We, none of them were big enough to even bring in, to even hang on to. And we're tired. We had some leave early. We had some didn't even show. I mean, we probably had, we probably had half a dozen boats, didn't even come over and tell us they were back. They just loaded up their boat and went home. I mean, man, I'm tired. I'm headed out. We had free hot dogs and, and uh, full moon cookies, you know, the, the half moons that are dipped in the chocolate, you know, and all that. And they didn't even want a cookie. I mean, they, they were done. They were tired. And Simon Peter, he had been working all night long and hadn't caught a fish. You know what? He's tired. But he says, if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And this time their nets were so full of fish they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat. And soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. An awesome miracle was happening. And how did it happen? It happened because Simon was willing to be obedient to what God had called him to do. Something was happening in his heart right over there, and, and, it, and it caused him to say, I want to be obedient. I want to belong to this Jesus. I want to connect to this Jesus. So he connected, and, and, and he pushed out just a little bit. And Jesus said, but if you want the real miracle, you're going to have to go deeper because the miracles are out there. Oh, there's a lot of good stuff right here around the edge of the sea. But if you want the miracles, the miracles, you're going to have to go deeper, Simon. And Simon pushed on out there. And he went as deep as he needed to go to get the miracles. And now all these people are standing on the, on the side. Now, all these people are standing there with their mouths open. I can't do that as good as some of y'all can. Some, some of y'all can look, some of y'all can, I won't say that. Gawking you got to decide, you're going to be a gawker or a receiver. All these people had gathered, and they were gawking at the miracle. Gawking at it. Just, I'm not, did you see that? They were watching a boat filled with so many fish, they had to call another boat, and then both of them were filled, and they began sinking because they had so many fish in them. And they were just gawking. My goodness. And you know what? You know who got the miracle that day? Not all these people that gathered. Okay, you, are you listening to me? Because there's a lot of people that have gathered. We had some people in the 930 service already. And now we've got another crowd in the second service. A lot of people have gathered today. But it wasn't the gatherers that got the miracles. The gatherers just gawked at the ones that got the miracles. Make up your mind. You're going to be a gawker or a receiver. Come on, somebody. I should have gotten an amen out of that. Because, you know, something about human nature, we are gawkers by nature. Y'all don't believe me? I tell you what, it drives me crazy. A couple of years ago, I preached a message on my pet peeves. 
Now, uh, that was a Thanksgiving thing. It wasn't on a Sunday morning, so it wasn't scriptural. But I, 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 we were talking yesterday at the Bass Tournament. I think I might need to preach that again because some of y'all probably sinning by putting your, your ketchup in the refrigerator. And y'all need to know that, that that's not really the way it ought to be. Uh, one, of the, one of the pet peeves I didn't get to that night, I don't think I got to this. I might have thrown it out there a little bit, but I don't think I got to this. Is you know, it drives me crazy to get caught in a traffic jam of 30, you know, running about 30 or 40 miles an hour on the interstate, you know, and, and you driving this for an hour or two, and you're thinking, man, there must be an accident up here, and then you get up to where the place, you know, everything starts opening up, and everybody's taking off then, you know, and you realize, as you see the people in front of you, they're all trying to look over that concrete barrier between, to see blue lights flashing on the other side, to see what's going on, and I think, have you guys ever seen blue lights before? You know, if you've ever seen blue lights before, don't slow down for me. If you haven't ever seen blue lights before, see me after service. I'll get the iPad out. We'll Google it. We'll show you blue lights for hours if you want to see blue lights. But don't slow down to 30 miles an hour on the interstate to look on the other side to see what it is. Or, or if, it, if, it, if it's ambulances and fire trucks and things, if that's what cranks your tractor, hey, we got ambulances and fire trucks right down the street here. I'll take you down. You can stand down. But please quit slowing down on the interstate. Anybody, anybody want to help me here and say Amen. Come on, we're gawkers. That's who we are. We have to gawk at things. We got to look at it. But gawking keeps you from receiving. Gawking puts you in a place of of witnessing somebody else instead of doing it yourself. Come on. Somebody help me here. Would somebody tell me why in the world the Kardashians are famous? I know my wife is tired of me saying it. She, she, she picked up the remote the other day. I was trying to do some work there at the house, and I was on my laptop. She picked up the remote. She said, let me change this before you get upset. <laughs> Every time I see a Kardashian or their name on TV, I, I just have to stop and say, tell me again why they are famous. I mean, did they, did they solve some scientific mystery? Did they develop some kind of medicine that cures cancer or something like that? Did they broker a lasting peace treaty between the Israelis and the Palestinians? They can't even keep their marriages together. How long was that lady, young lady of Kardashians married to the NBA star? 72 days? That's what somebody said in the early service. I don't know if it's right or not. I don't care. I don't care. I don't want to know. You know, why are they famous? It doesn't matter. You know why they're famous? Because we're gawkers. That is the only reason the Kardashians are famous. Because we look at them. we got to see. I mean, you go down to Dollar General, and you, you check out, and you say, Kardashian, 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 on all those, on all those magazines. Who cares? I, you know, who ca- I don't know why we even care anymore. Why we care about them? They are, li- they, are, they are literally famous and millionaires today, not because they've done something awesome, not even because, of, like Donald Trump, that they built an empire, but just because American people like to gawk. This past Tuesday, anybody know what this past Tuesday was? September 11th, 9-11, 9-11. And, and uh, there was a national moment of silence, and you might not have known about it, but let me tell you something. Every radio station, every TV station, media people that look and, and are always out there, they know these kinds of things are coming. NBC Today Show, they didn't recognize it. They knew it was coming. They didn't recognize it. And they've caught a lot of flack the rest of the week because of it. Because you know what they were showing during the national moment of silence when the rest of the country was being called to remember this serious moment in our recent history in this country when we were under attack by terrorists 
And when, when we were called to remember, you know what NBC was showing on the Today Show? Mama Kardashian talking about her plastic surgery. I mean, the antithesis of everything serious in this whole world is Kardashians that have no reason whatsoever to be important in my life talking about plastic. I mean, think the word plastic. Thinking about, talking about plastic stuff. I mean, this is plastic. Talking about plastic. Somebody help me here. I'm saying, amen, let me get on past this thing. I mean, because I just don't understand. It's because we're gawkers. And, and, and Kardashians, they, they may not be, you know, you may not be a big fan. I'm obviously not. I guess you got that figured out. You might not be a big fan, but we waste our lives. We fill our lives gawking at stuff that will not matter five minutes from now, much less 5,000 years from now when we are in an eternity somewhere. Do something that is important for yourself and your family this week. Decide, I'm not going to be a gawker anymore. I'm going to be a receiver. I don't want to just stand on the sidelines and watch somebody else do something amazing. I want to be the person out there doing and receiving something amazing. And let me encourage you just a little bit right here. There was another time that Jesus did this exact same miracle. He didn't do many miracles twice, but this was one that he did twice. It's in John chapter 21. Let me show you a couple of things right here. At dawn, exact same miracle, totally different time. At dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach. Again, he's by the sea. But the disciples couldn't see who he was. He was far enough away they couldn't recognize him. He called out, fellas, have you caught any fish? No, they replied. Then he said, throw out your net on the right-hand side of the boat and you'll get some. So they did. And they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. Exact same miracle different time, but something in here I wanted to show you that it isn't in the other miracle. I wanted you to see how close they were. Because a lot of you, you're, you're afraid of this obedience word, and you don't realize how close you are already. Simon was in the boat in this instance. He was in the boat all night long. The nets were in the water all night long. He was literally sitting on top of the fish. Jesus told him they're over here. He was literally sitting on top of them all night long. He was that close. That close. And some of you, you are that close. You're not this far away. You're that close. You know it. You've been obedient in this and this and this and this. And you got this one little place, this one little thing. You're that close to the, to the multitude of miracles that God wants to just pour into your boat. You're that close. How, 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 I don't know how big their boat was. It doesn't say. But I've seen pictures of boats that they used back then for fishing. And I mean, it was probably from the left side to the right side. They were fishing on the left side. Jesus said, throw your, notes over, throw your nets over here. I mean, we're probably talking about 10 feet, right? 10 feet. That's how close they were. They were 10 feet off. But 10 feet off can be a whole lot if we're not careful. You see, now, if you're planning a trip to the moon and you're trying to pinpoint where you're going to land and you're 10 feet off, that's pretty good, okay? That'd be really good for me and you if we were actually trying to do it. But, you know, 10 feet off is pretty good you're going to the moon. But if you're trying to drive a nail and you're using a hammer and you hit, you're about 10 feet off hitting that, that nail on the head, you know, that's a long ways off. You know, you're probably in the next room, you know, nailing in the wrong room if you're doing that. And so, you know, in a way it's kind of relative. No, here, here's the way it really is. 
is you can be that close, but that close can be so far away that you don't even realize. You, can't, you are so close. I want to encourage you today. I want you to know you're so close. Don't give up yet. Man, there's so much fear. All, all Simon Peter and his buddies had to do is pick the net up and set it over on the other side. Boom. And miracles. Flooded their boat where their boat began to sink again. Miracles waiting out there for somebody. And they're waiting out there in obedience. Obedience. Be obedient in what God's telling you to do. I mean, okay, water baptism next week. If you're a child of God, you've been walking in sin, but now you're walking for God, you need to be, you need to be obedient and be baptized next week. Because you know what? That's like your first little step, pushing out a little bit of ways. But there's some other steps you need to take as well, but that's the first one. But what about in your job? You know, some of you need a better job. Yeah, should have been several amens right then. Should have said, me, me, me. Come on, that's, you know, that's something I shared in that first service is that, you know, Simon Peter was, he was the only one that Jesus said, hey, let me use your boat. And you, some of you sit and gawk and say, well, he didn't ask me, so I don't get to do anything. No, speak up. Come on, get up. Say, hey, God, can you use me too? Come on, get an attitude of, I want to be obedient. Give me an opportunity, God. And so you need, a, you need a job, you know, then, then realize, wait, he can speak and tell me something about the job that I need and, and lay that all out for me. Because here, here's the second thing you need to understand is Jesus knows where the fish are about this verse right here. He knows where the fish are. Now listen, physically speaking, he's so far away they can't even recognize his face even though they've been hanging out with him for three years every single day. That's how far they are away. And Jesus sees fish on the right side they don't see. That's not a physical thing. Jesus is able to see things that they cannot see, to know things they cannot know. And he knows where the fish are. I don't know what the fish represent in your life. I don't know what they represent, but Jesus knows where the fish are. I don't know if it's a new job for you, if that's what the fish represents. Jesus knows where your fish are. I don't know if it's your finances, it's a mess, and you're struggling your finances. If that's what your fish are, if that's what the fish represent in this story, can I tell you something? The finances you need, Jesus knows where your fish are. I don't know if it's your relationships and, and the people you hang out with, your girlfriends, your boyfriends, and maybe even the person you're engaged to. But, you know, and, and the people you need to be connected. Because here's one of the problems about this desire that we have to belong, is our desire to belong is so strong that if we can't find the right people and the champions to connect with, we'll connect with losers. Come on, somebody. You need to say amen because you know, you see it. It's happening in your life, and it's happening in your kids' life. It's happening in your lives. You'll connect with losers because you haven't, you haven't heard God say, these are the champions that you need, to be, you need to be filling your life with. And so some of you say, I know some of you thinking, well, God hadn't spoken to me about my job. God hadn't spoken to me about my finances. God hadn't spoken to me about my friends. If that's true, then God doesn't care about you. And he doesn't care about your friends, doesn't care about your finances, doesn't care about your marriage, doesn't care about your job. He doesn't care. If God isn't talking to you, then he doesn't care. But I assure you, he cares deeply about every single part of your life. And he is speaking every day, trying to give you direction. There is not a problem on the speaking end. We have a problem on the hearing end and the receiving so listen to him today. Listen. He knows where the, turn to the person next to you and say, Jesus knows where the fish are. Hey, wait, wait, wait. Tell them this. Say, Jesus knows where your fish are. Tell them that. Who needs some fish this week?
Come on, you, you got some fish you need in your boat this week. You got some miracles you need. Jesus knows where your fish are. I challenge you. Can I, can, here's your takeaway. I'm about to bring you to the front. Here's your, here's your takeaway for this service. This is the thing that you need to take away from this. Is a challenge. Now, now listen, there's a couple of givens. You ought to be praying and you ought to be reading your Bible every single day of your life, okay? That's given. If you're not doing that, you ain't even pushed out a little bit from the shore with Simon, okay? That's a given. We all should be reading our Bibles and praying every single day. Whether you do it early in the morning, if you do it last thing before you go to sleep at night, I don't care. But you should be doing it every single day. But here's your challenge. Try this for one week. I dare you. Every single day of this week, get up out of bed and say, Jesus knows where my fish are today. And walk out the doors of your house believing he is going to direct you all day long to your fish. I dare you to try it. Because Jesus knows where your fish are. Jesus knows where my fish are. Would you, would you say something in faith? Turn to the person next to you and say, Jesus knows where my fish are. Come on, tell them. Go brag about it if you want to. Jesus knows where my fish are. Yeah, come on, come on, stand. Come to the front with me. Let's close. Come on, you still, I hear somebody still whispering it. Come on, tell somebody. Jesus knows where my fish are. Taunt the devil with it a little bit. Just, you know, kind of like, kind of like little kids on the playground. Jesus knows where my fish are. Come on, press in. Get close. Let's get everybody. Let's get everybody off the shore and into the water a little bit, okay? One last challenge for you. Let's go back to verse 5 real quick. Master Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, 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 I'll let the nets down again. Let me tell you something about highly successful people. And this goes for spiritually successful people and this goes for just financially. Highly successful people are highly motivated. Okay? But that's not all. Because there are days, there are days Donald Trump wakes up and he don't feel like making money. I guarantee you. Now, there are days that he's probably like Simon was, worn out and tired. Man, I have days like that. I wake up, I'm just tired. Anybody ever get tired like that besides me? Yeah, good. A lot of liars in early service think I only had three that said they did. <laughs> I get tired, and I don't feel like, let me tell you something about highly successful people, though. It doesn't matter how they feel. Donald Trump knows there's another dollar to be made out there, or another million dollars to be made out there for him. Highly successful people knows there are some miracles out there that Jesus is going to give to somebody today. And I'm not going to stand here on the seashore gawking at somebody else getting the miracles. Even if he don't call my name, if he calls Simon, my buddy's name over here, I'm going to be saying, Jesus, me too. Highly successful people, spiritually, financially, any area of their life. It doesn't matter how they feel. It doesn't matter if they feel like it or not. It doesn't matter if they're tired. You know what? It doesn't even matter if you understand it. If you want to be successful, you want to see the miracles, do it anyway. You might not understand why God told you to do it. There's a lot of times I've done things I don't understand why God wants me to do this. I remember something, a quote from something about, you know, when they say when they make you a 
when they make you a colonel, they take that bone out of your brain that makes you have to explain everything that you're supposed to do, you know, and why, why the people you're telling to do it, why they have to do it. You know, hey, I think God has earned that too. If God tells us to do something, I don't believe he has to explain exactly why he wants us to do it. If it needs to be done, all I need to say is, okay, thank God, I wanted an opportunity for a miracle. Show me how to, just tell me how to be obedient. I don't have to know how. So whether you're tired or you feel great, even when you don't feel like it, even when you don't understand it, even when you don't know why God told you to do it, and you're worn out and you don't feel like you can do it, do it anyway because there's a miracle out there. Do it anyway. Tomorrow, do it anyway. How many of you will accept my challenge this week every day to say, I know Jesus knows where my fish are? You're going to accept my challenge? You're going to do that this week? Every single day. I'm going to pray that God, God shows you something this week, that you learn something through. Because here's the thing, is when you, ex- when you accept that, that he knows where your fish are, and you really grasp it. And then you start leaning on it a little bit. Say, wait a minute. He knows where my fish are. You're going to start appreciating that. That every single day, Jesus knows where your fish are. Get up. Do it anyway. Do it anyway. Because he knows where your fish are. Bow with me. Some of you said, I need some fish this week. Prayer team members are here waiting to pray for you if you need, to, if you need somebody to help you pray. Jamie's going to lead us in a final song. Don't start singing until you finish praying, please. Right now. See your eyes closed. Bow your heads or look up the sky. I don't care. Whatever it takes for you and God to get together. Get everybody else off your, off your mind. For a moment right here, right now, say, God, I believe you know where my fish are. Please, God, forgive my disobedience. God, please open a door for me to be obedient this week. Show me, some, show me somebody that needs a meal. Somebody's kids that are going to go hungry if I, if I don't take them a meal this week. Got somebody that needs a, an encouraging word. Somebody that needs to hear me tell them that Jesus knows where their fish are too. Oh, God, give me an opportunity to be obedient this week. God.